Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. But today, uh, have you remember Pastor Matthias and Nicole? For those who don't know, Pastor Matthias and Nicole are our campus pastors, location pastors in Hamburg in Germany. Uh, Matthias was backpacking in Australia for many years and came into church. His father was a Christian. His father actually uh, fled Czechoslovakia to Germany and then took Bibles back into Czechoslovakia when uh, it was still under communism was shut down. And so Matthias came to church here, I think on a Friday night, somebody brought him. He rededicated his life to the Lord. And then Nicole... Um, was backpacking with three German girls, just happened to pop in here. She got a connection to Matthias through her brother, was a friend. Nicole came in and that night gave her life to the Lord. And, uh, and she was supposed to backpack and work all around Australia and Nicole never left. She went to Bible college six months later and all of her girlfriends left and backpacked off. And uh, she uh, stayed and went to our Bible college for, I think, three years. They fell in love. What a story. Fell in love and uh, married, and the call of God on the two of them is just quite incredible. And so now they're doing a fantastic church job in our church in Hamburg, in Germany. Church now is probably about 160, um, with uh, which is awesome in the time. And to do that with two people, we started with them and two others, uh, is incredible when you have not a big start at all. Um, and then now they've, you've got to mask up for church. They've got big challenges, massive, you've got huge social distancing. Germany's got the COVID thing happening big time again. Uh, so they can only have a certain amount of people in our services. They've got to have, you know, so, but they're doing really, really great and uh, great people of faith. Through our missions giving, we are also supporting Germany and we're believing from our church in Hamburg in Germany that we will go out into Europe again and do more in Europe in the days to come. So back to the future for me. Alrighty, let's have a listen. Matisse and Nicola sent us a greeting, and they're going to just tell you a little bit of some of the miraculous stuff that's uh, happening there in Hamburg. Hey church, we are so excited for missions this year, and we want to share a great story with you today. Five years ago, we were actually here in this area, Nicole and I, and walking around and asking God, where do you want us? And this area here, you see, we walked through here and we stopped for a coffee. And that coffee we took right here where we are now. And we drank the coffee and thinking, God, what's your plan? We don't really know what to do, how to do, and um, not even sure where to start. And little did we know, about one and a half years ago, we had an opportunity to be in this venue where we are now as church, which happens to be the venue we had the coffee five years ago. And um, it was just amazing that when we got that place here uh, without trying to come here, because God really made a way for us to come into this building. Um, not many probably know, but we were trying to rent something out in this building, like a permanent lease, which would have been really really expensive because we are here in an area where the square meter is really expensive and uh, while we got rejected in the same building here we got rejected to lease a permanent venue 
In the same moment, we got an opportunity given by someone who came to our church and said he is working in this area, in this place where we are now. And he was certain that we could use that space on Sundays. And just after a conversation or two, we had a key for this building. And uh, we were able to do our services here um, as church. So now we are here with the church, nearly uh, 150 people. Um, we have now two services. We had to reduce our attendance number because of the corona situations. Uh, we see each week 80 people coming through. Um, lots of new people now um, looking. Germans are looking now for church, um, which we really believed in the first place we, to be able to reach the German community. But at the same time, we are a multinational church and we are experiencing lots of people from all around the world coming to the church here as well and find their home and their space and their place to be. So thank you for all your support in prayer because this is not coming just like it. It came through prayer. It came from faithfulness. It came through supporting it financially as well. And we are so thankful for having a church family across the world, really, who is supporting us in all the things we are doing here in Hamburg. Yeah, so church, let's believe for great things because God is with us. God is on our side as church and we are believing that greater and better things are ahead. So let us believe big. We serve a big, big God. Come on. And we wish you an amazing missions weekend and we're sending all of our love to you. And uh, for those who know them, how much have they grown? And they've grown in their authority. Um, Nicole's only like 26, 27, and uh, she's so mature. She went to one of the pastor's events uh, with all the ladies in Germany and uh, she, in Hamburg. And when she turned up, everybody was over 55. And they said to her, no, you've, missed, you've come the wrong week. The youth week is next week. And uh, she said, no, no, I'm a location pastor. And they were like, really? So, uh, yeah, so she's going to inspire, we believe, a whole lot of uh, new generation young leaders in Germany to rise up and serve the Lord. Amen. Which is so good. So good. So uh, they, they and uh, also Liam and Lisa are doing a fantastic job leading our locations. And uh, Eli and Fatima uh, will be leaving for Melbourne uh, next year as well. And so we've got some great people who are going and we... Hello, and here's the thing, they need our prayer support, but they also need our financial support to be able to do what they're called to do. So our missions uh, brochure, which you'll be able to go and look through all that we're involved in. Obviously, Global Heart Church Melbourne is on the agenda, Global Heart Church Zambia, Global Heart Church Germany. Um, actually, we also too, by the way, we also have been supporting churches over the years that are not Global Heart Church. And uh, some people think that every church has got to support only their own churches. Well, we don't have to have our name on everything. Some people think, oh, no, you've got to have your name on it. We support churches that we don't have our name on. So Lifehouse Church in Japan, we have been a major supporter of them of people and finances to help them get going. And now they've got 23, 24 campuses, something like this. Uh, and Osaka and Tokyo happened because of Global Heart Church, by the way. And so now uh, they are making history in Japan now. And uh, really, our church here has been key with that, Lifehouse. And uh, also to Resurgent Church in Montreal, I'm uh, with another leader on the spiritual oversight of that church in Montreal, Canada. 
and um, that amazing creative city, very secular city. Andrew and Vanessa Hoyes are doing a great job there, and we're also we're also been supporting and undergirding them as well. So, so just so you know, everybody, we do do stuff that's just not Global Heart Church, uh, but uh, it's good for you to know that because sometimes you just think, oh, it's just what we, what is our name on it? No, 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 our name doesn't have to be on it. Good soil, good people, difficult places. We are supportive, in Jesus' name. So, uh, some of the other things too, everyone, we're doing uh, emergency aid. You just saw in. Uh, Uganda, where we just uh, sent Richard Wandera, uh, we just sent him $10,000, and right in the middle of, we, I saw there was challenges going on, but he came back to us and said, I cannot believe you sent that right now from Global Heart Church, because we had 200 families who were in famine, they were in lockdown, they had nothing, and he said, we were immediately able to get, for 200 families, uh, emergency, you know, rice, everything else that they needed to get them through the season, and so we want to increase that. So our, our ministry in um, Africa and in other places here at home and uh, then out into the world that we've got emergency aid that we can say to a family who now is in major issues that we from Global Heart Church, we love you. And here we want to help you and support you uh, in Jesus' name. So that's part of our uh, missions giving as well. Global Heart Online now, we've gone online um, and so people are tuning in from around the world, and we don't know where that's going to go. We don't know what the, uh, the future is with that, but we're believing potentially that we'll have uh, other campuses that God will bring about in days to come. Uh, and so the future, Africa, Asia, Europe, Australia, we don't know what God's going to do, but together we're doing a lot of things. And here at home, obviously, our key mission with Tenacious House, where we are giving men an opportunity to... Uh, begin to overcome life-controlling issues, overcome addictions. But it's not just the men. Uh, we, we've been called to do that to start with the men, but we understand that many of the men have partners, they have parents, they have wives, they have children, they have, and days come grandchildren. So we are ministering to them, knowing that ministering to the one, we may be ministering to five or 10 or 15. So, uh, so our mission with Tenacious House is ongoing. And now we've got seven staff, but it takes finance. We are the biggest supporter of that still. We have now got some government support, but we as a church are the main supporters. We've now had nearly 200 guys go through and 95% have made a decision for the Lord at church, which is awesome. So, so yeah, so we are, we, we are on the verge of even increasing miracles. And uh, do have a look at that scripture, Galatians 2, 9 to 10, which disappeared from me for, for me for about 15 years. <laughs> I just did not see it. And in Galatians 2, it just struck me this year when uh, Paul was getting sent out uh, on his apostolic journey to the Gentiles, which is the non-Jewish people, that's us. As the uh, apostles were sending him out in Galatians 2, uh, it says they only asked him to do one thing. And when you read it, I was like, Boom. The one thing they asked him to do was remember the poor. And Paul said, that's the very thing I intend to do. He said, it's the very thing I intend to do. So uh, everybody, little by little, a little becomes a lot, is uh, the Tanzanian proverb. And so together as we give and as we sow, we actually can have a very large ripple effect that will help and impact a lot of people for salvation, for salvation in Jesus' name, hello, and also meeting their needs uh, around the world. 
So if you're part of Global Heart Church, can I just encourage you now to please don't switch off in my message. Um, because if you've come here, God is wanting to get you to realize this is also the menu. When you go to a restaurant, you get the menu of what you're to partake. This is the menu of what God wants you to partake of in your life. So don't switch off when God puts his menu up. We need to all switch on and go, okay, Lord, what are you wanting me to get here? So if we go back, everybody, to when Jesus, you know, he was crucified, then he rose from the dead. The Bible tells us the three saw him, then the 12, then the 70. Then Corinthians says that the 500 saw Jesus, who was marred beyond human likeness after what they'd done to him. One translation of the Bible says they saw him risen from the dead. And then Jesus, at that moment, can you imagine anything he says, you know, this is now the most important stuff. Because Jesus was getting ready to ascend to the Father. So he's having his final conversations before he leaves the planet and he leaves the disciples with the building of his church. Hello. So this is the conversation. So Jesus could have said, talked about anything. He says, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that. And Jesus chooses to say to the disciples and say to the church and to say to us, and it resonates 2,000 years since Jesus was on earth, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hello to every creature, preach the gospel. And the Bible tells us, you know, starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is saying to us, go into all the world, everybody at Global Heart Church. My conversation hasn't changed. Start in Perth, Jerusalem, Judea, outside of Perth, into Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Every church is called by Jesus to start where you start, but your journey needs to end out in the world. Hello, it needs to end out in the world. And so Jesus goes on there like, what? Oh my gosh, this is bigger than we ever imagined. This is huge. This is incredible. They're all in shock. And then Jesus says in John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, listen to what Jesus says. As the Father has sent me, he says, I am sending you. <laughs> he says, I'm sending you. Then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you as my representatives, the Amplified Bible says. So Jesus could have been saying anything, and he's saying, right, you all sat down to have a cup of tea, and I want to let you know, no, 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 I'm now sending you. I am a sending God. I am ascending God. I am on a mission. And uh, we need to know that, here's the number one point, God is a sender. God is a sender. Let me say that again. God is a sender. In fact, God sent his only son, Jesus, to earth to die on the cross for you and me, to give his life as a ransom. Uh, for you and I, that we might have eternal life, that we might stand before God forgiven. So Jesus' uh, mission was a rescue mission. So God is a sender, and now he's saying, I'm sending you, Global Heart Church. Everybody, we've got to realize the gospel, by the way, is free. The gospel is free. It costs God everything. His only son, it costs him everything. So the gospel is free. We can receive it. That's when... When people are treating it glibly, it's like you, they just don't realize, no, you are receiving the most incredible gift that cost God everything, his only precious son. 
So the gospel is free, but it's not cheap. <laughs> it's free, but it's not cheap. And if you're going to present the gospel on planet Earth, you know, it takes finances. You've got to support the people financially. Matthias and Nicole and, you know, uh, Lisa and Liam, they're not living on angel dust. They sh I thought they could. They're very anointed. <laughs> but people, you've you got to support them. You've got to buy equipment. People want to have, you know, music at church these days, right? And I know Liam's a good singer, but his voice alone is not going to do it, apparently, in Lusaka. <laughs> All the things you've got to do. You've got to hire buildings. You've got to lease buildings. Everything. We believe for miracles. But the gospel is free, but it's not cheap. It takes finances to do it all. It took finances to do, you could, so you could understand missions. Everything takes finances. It's free, but it's not cheap. So we've got to realize, wow, God needs us to play our part so we can deliver his imperishable, priceless gospel to the world in Jesus' name. You know, one of the most amazing scriptures, again, in Romans, is Paul, again, in Romans uh, chapter 1, where Paul says this in verse 13 and 14. He says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters at Global Heart Church, that many times I plan to come to you and have been prevented so far that I may have some fruit of my labors among you, even as I have among the rest of the Gentiles. He says, I have a duty to form, a perform and a debt to pay both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, the cultured and the uncultured, to those who would not naturally choose, both to the wise and to the foolish. Paul's saying this incredible thing to the Roman church. He's saying, I'm in debt. Like, what? You're a Jewish scholar. He's like, I'm in debt. I have a debt to uh, the Jewish people. I have a debt to the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, the Aussies. I have a debt to them, to the Kiwis, to the Africans. He's saying, I have a debt. What? Paul, this learned of learned Jewish scholars is saying, I have received the gospel freely. I am now in debt until I give it. Anybody ever had a debt weighing on your life and you're like, this debt just weighs on you? Don't raise your hands. I know you're all here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Get that credit card. Chop it up. Anyway, but when you have a debt, it weighs on you. And Paul's saying, I've got this debt weighing on me where God is reminding me, you have received salvation freely you now owe it. You've received salvation freely, Paul. You now owe it. So God is saying to us at Global Heart Church, you've received it. I placed you in Perth at such a time as this. In fact, I placed a, a wall of protection around you right now. And I've given you your job. And I've allowed you to have gifts and talents so you can build a business. And all of that is so you can help bring the gospel to the nations of the earth. In fact, like Paul, God says, you have a debt. And it's not a debt that uh, is, you know, like God saying, hey, you better make sure you pay your debt. No, it's a, it's a sense of responsibility for what has been given to you. So everybody, next thought, here we go. Your life now is a mission trip. Your life now, if you've become a Christian, anybody here become a Christian? Four people, the rest of you, salvation call at the end. Anybody here is a Christian who's received Jesus? Okay, your life now is a mission trip. <laughs> it's a mission trip. According to the Bible, Jesus just said, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. 
I'm sending you. I'm sending you. Your life now is a mission trip. And, uh, and I've been on many a mission trip, different places. I talked about Kiev, Ukraine. I've been there 19 times. Eastern Europe from just after communism collapsing. I wanted to go to Barcelona. And God goes, go to Kiev, Ukraine. Oh. Some of you think you've had challenges. You haven't. Anyway, I'm in Kiev. It's minus 18. I'm having to go up and meet families in the home groups. 18 floors up in high-rise blocks of units. It's minus 18. There is no heating in the stairwell. And guess what? There's no light in the stairwell because everybody's broke from communism and they've taken the light bulbs out of the stairwell. So I'm in the darkness doing 18 floors to go to home group. 18 floors. Then I'm coming down and I'm going, Lord, you know, really? I don't need this. And God's like, yeah, but I need you. But I need you. Lord, I don't need to give my time and money to, yeah, but I need you. I'm like, oh, uncomfortable, uncomfortable. There's a lot of people in the world are living in incredibly uncomfortable places and many for the gospel. Right now, everybody, you need to be really aware that right now the church on the earth is the most persecuted we've had in history. Right now, hundreds of thousands of people are being killed every year just for going to church, for acknowledging Jesus. Right now in Somalia, they are persecuting Christians again terribly. China, they just bulldozed, I think, 500 churches, persecuting, locked up the pastors, just disappeared. This is in China right now. Christians are in uh, difficulty and in prison there now again. Nigeria has massive uh, murders of, uh, it's like up to 100,000 people plus at the moment, where they are murdering Christians. Islam is doing it in Somalia. They're doing it in Nigeria. They're now doing it in Niger. It's happened across the world in Kenya. We just saw a terrorist attack yesterday in Paris, blah, 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 blah. But there's Christians are being killed and attacked and persecuted all over the earth, and we're going out for a latte. We have to be aware, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. I went out for flat white yesterday. Nothing wrong with it. But I have to be aware that Jesus says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. There are people suffering. There are people hungry. There are people lost. There are people being persecuted. And they need us to realize that being uncomfortable is really the Christian life. But we're not, our, our discomfort is nothing to what these people are facing. When I go to Rwanda on my mission trips to Rwanda, I always know it's going to come, which is going to be, could we all get up and Pastor Jared, could you come and help lead with a few other people the dancing? White people cannot dance. Anyway, no, there's some, there's some, there is some. Actually, if you can, bless you. But there's a whole bunch of us didn't get that gene, right? <laughs> if you see my real moves, it looks like I'm having a fit. Anyway. <laughs> so, and I go, okay, here comes the dancing. <laughs> and you have to go, all right, get your head around it. We're going to be dancing. And then you get all these incredible Rwandan dancers who can dance dancing with you. And you look like having a fit. Anyway, uncomfortable. But that's nothing. That's nothing. People are suffering and in difficulty and need the gospel. And we're like, oh my gosh, I had to dance on a mission trip. No. God needs his church, listen, uncomfortable. 
Kiwis who joined us, God needs you uncomfortable. South Africans who joined us, God needs you to get uncomfortable. British who came here from Britain, God needs you to get uncomfortable. Because he's sending you. He's sending you. I'm sending you. I'm sending you. And you might think, oh, you're getting a bit excited about that. Well, listen, we've got to realize eternity's real. Eternity's real. <laughs> I don't know about you, but the more I spend time with God, the more God keeps saying to me, your life is going, do something with it. Your life is going, don't waste it. Your moment is going, don't waste it. Some of you right now, this is your moment. You've been praying, Lord, do something in my life. Don't. And he goes, yes, I'm going to send you to Pastor Jared. Get ready. I'm going to do something. It's going to come in the form of this strange for, forward preaching pastor who says, come on. So we all prayed for God to do something. And he says, I will. I'm sending you a church called Global Heart Church in Jinlap. You're like, no, no, I rebuke that. Bind the enemy. God's like, no, I'm sending you there because I always send you to somebody, is what he does with all of us, to equip us, to shake us, to prepare us. Ravi Zacharias has shaken me. Who knows Ravi Zacharias, the apologist? He just, who knows the apologist who just, uh, he just uh, went to heaven? And listen to this, right? Ravi Zacharias just shook me again. They said, Ravi, when you get to heaven, what are you going to say to God? Ravi Zacharias, who's been an apologist around the world, speaking every year, hundreds and hundreds of places, said, when I get to heaven, I'll be silent. And they said, you'll be silent? Why will you be silent? He said, because I'm worried about what Jesus is going to say to me. I will certainly not be jumping in there with anything. He said, I'm worried. What is he going to say? Ravi, I asked you to do this. Ravi. I called you to do this. He said, I'm worried. I'll be silent. Everybody, we will all have that conversation. God says, I gave you this time on earth, 1950 to 2030. I gave you this time on earth, 1970 to this. This is your time. I gave you this gift, this talent, this opportunity, this money, this finance. What did you do? Did you remember that I sent you? We're called to be ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors where you represent the kingdom of God. Everybody, do you represent the king well? Because you're called to be an ambassador of Christ, bringing reconciliation. That needs to make us wake up in the morning. Wow, I need to get out of bed differently because I'm an ambassador for God's kingdom. I'm an ambassador in my school. I'm an ambassador in my business. I'm an ambassador in my home. Challenging. I'm an ambassador with my finances, and I'm representing the king and his kingdom. In Isaiah 6, it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? God begins to cry out. Isaiah hears his voice. God saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. Here I am. Isaiah responds to God and says, Here I am, send me. Everybody, I don't believe that God is calling everybody to get up at Global Heart Church and go on the mission field. I don't believe that. But what I do believe is that God wants you to get this. To give is to go. To give is to go. Come on, we need to get this. To give is to go. And so when we are giving to God and to his, his mission and his menu, 
We are saying yes to what God has planned for us, and in our giving, we are going. Liam and Lisa feel our support in Zambia through financial support, through our prayer support, but they can't do it if we are not giving so that they can go. They're called to go. There's an anointing on them to go. I think in days gone by, some missions have been silly because they've just thrown people out into places where I'm like, look, you needed to really think, is this the right person for this place, the right calling? A lot of people get excited when really we need to realize, no, there are anointed and called people in our midst, but we need to support them. Everybody, with your faith promise in missions or heart for the house, can I just give you a clue to success in seeing God move in your life? Here's a clue. When you make a faith promise for the heart for the house, or you make a faith promise in missions, listen, don't put it on the back burner that I'll get round to that sometime. You need to move your heart for the house promise or your missions faith promise front and center. And you need to go, everything else is waiting, the car, the new shirt, the skateboard, the computer. I'm fulfilling my promise. I'm fulfilling my promise. Sometimes when you're a pastor, sometimes people will give you an honorarium if you speak at conferences and things. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's fine. But if they feel too, somebody just gave me one for speaking at the conference here in Perth. Like an honorarium arrived, and I just went straight to missions promise coming up. We haven't even pledged yet. That goes straight to my missions promise. That is first. Missions is first. Hard for the house. I'm not doing anything else until that is paid for, and I have honored my missions promise or my heart has promise nothing else and every time you put God first God takes care of you you do, you pay you be in God's will put him first he'll pay your bill but a lot of times we're trying to get a job I need a job that will give me this much and I need a job that will do this for me and I need a job and you know God will leave you to your deal God's like yeah okay go and do that what we need to say is God you're sending me Lord you're sending me I need a job where I can give thousands of dollars to missions every year for the rest of my life. Lord, I need help so that I can get smarter, so that I can do fi raise finances through my financial gift or through investment that's going to give thousands of dollars to missions, like that little boy from Jack Haynes's church who gave thousands and thousands of dollars, like 12 or something. We need to all be believing and say, God, I need to do something amazing, but Lord, help me to get a job and a career under you. Lord, I need a job, I need a business, I need financial investment that is about you. If you're buying a house, not, oh, we're going to get that house because one day we're going to sit there with our cocktail. Oh, that's going to be good for us. No, we need to go, how's that going to work for me in the kingdom scheme? And you watch, God will get you a better house than that one because he's first in it. Lord, I'm taking a job. I don't want to take a job that you're not in. You watch when you say, God, I don't want to take a job you're not in. God goes, really? Angels wake up, hear this person, hear this man, hear this woman. God says, let's get down and back them now. Lord, I want a job that you're in. I want a career that you're in. I want to study what you want me to study so that I can go, <laughs> so that I can send, so that I can fulfill your will. You know, Cyprian of Carthage, who was one of the early church fathers, I was reading about him this week. Gee, he is stirring. And uh, about 300 AD, the church was taking off and it was turning from tens of thousands of people to hundreds of thousands of people following Christ at much cost to themselves. But Syrian of Carthage uh, actually has a plague named after him, <laughs> the Syrian plague. 
sorry, Cyprian of Carthage. He had a plague named after him. He was a theologian, as I said, because he gathered all the believers together about 300 AD. He said, if you're a believer, come into town, come into town. This is in the era when they still would burn a bridge down so nobody could get in. They'd burn the bridge, burn the bridge. Plague was so bad. He calls all the Christians together and uh, he says to them, I call you all now to give personal and financial aid to all according to their need, not their faith. He said, don't worry about whatever their current faith is, worshiping the false gods. He said, we are going to care for the sick and the dying. And uh, a century later, uh, the emperor Julian, who was actually had Christian parents, but totally backslid in his life, he started talking to all the uh, priests of the pagan temple saying, listen, this guy who kicked off helping the poor and the sick, he, uh, he's actually not only feeding all the poor in the city and the town, he's also feeding all the poor from our temples and helping them and giving them his agape love. He said, what on earth? And he started telling off all the pagan priests and then attempted to copy what the Christians were doing. And the church was flourishing and growing as everybody was paying great costs and caring for the sick and those who had suffering from plague. And actually, when he died, listen to this, when, when uh, the uh, pagan emperor died, he actually, last words they say was this. He said, you have won, O Galilean. You have won. Speaking of Jesus, you beat me. You beat me. And he t told the church, everybody, you need to get set free from the things in your finances and in your house that are keeping you bound. Listen to this comment. I read this this week. I was like, Lord, help us. So Cyprian says this. He says, their property has held them in chains. Talking of the Christians. Their property has held them in chains. Their property has shackled their courage, choked their faith, hampered their judgment. Their judgment is out, he's saying. Throttled their souls. If they had not stored up their treasure if they, had, sorry, if they had stored up their treasure in heaven, they would not now have an enemy and a thief within their own household. Oh, my gosh. They had a stored up treasure towards heaven. They would not now have an enemy and a thief within their own household. They are not masters of their money, but they, in fact, are slaves. He says to everybody who's not giving and not saying, you're a slave to your finances and it's throttled your thinking in your heart and hampered you thinking rightly. We need to say, Lord, help us to get this area right that we might do your words in reality, that we might be a church, a global heart church, who truly is trying to live by the word of God, the principles of God, and that we might be sent to do what God has called us to do. Everybody, can I encourage you to give us to go, but also to God wants us to realize that he wants us and it's our time to go together. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. The Bible says two are better than one. Doing it together, the reward is great. Now, I don't want to encourage you. I'm not doing it to say, oh, I want a reward. I want people to experience reward in the nations. I want Africa, Zambia, Australia to experience reward and blessing because of the toil that we have gone through in order to see Jesus' will done. I'm praying that the ripple effect will be huge.
Come on, I'm praying the ripple effect of what we do together will be huge in Jesus' name. Everyone, Christians are called to live differently. Philippians 2, it says, Do everything without murmuring or questioning the providence of God, so that you may prove yourselves to be blameless and godless, innocent and uncontaminated. Children of God without blemish in the midst, look at this, of a morally crooked and spiritually perverted generation, among whom you are seen as bright lights, beacons shining out clearly in the world of darkness. Everybody, God says, this is your time to shine. It's your time to shine. God wants you to be a clear, attractive kingdom beacon. Daniel 12 says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Everybody, God has called us to turn people to Him. God wants you and I to turn people to Him. Let me turn you to the Savior. Let me turn you to the Father. Let me turn you to the healer. Let me turn you to the forgiver. And God says, as we turn people towards Him, you're going to shine like the stars forever and ever, Daniel chapter 12 says. Wow, God has called you to shine. But He's telling us, here's what I want you to do. Romans 12, I love this in the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God, everybody at Global Heart Church, as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Oh my gosh. How many people don't even think? We don't even think about it. And the Bible is saying, don't fit into the culture without even thinking. Instead, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well formed maturity in you. Listen, everybody, God doesn't want us being shaped by our social media feed. He wants us being shaped by Him. God doesn't want you being shaped by social media feed. Instagram, that's so fake. It makes everybody look on and go, oh my gosh, look at them. Their life is perfect. Their life's not perfect. It's all a setup. Everybody needs God. And we need to not be shaped by any social media feed. We need to be shaped by Jesus Christ carrying the light of what God has planned. 1 John 4, 19. We love because He first loved us. Did you get that? We love because He first loved us. Church, I want to encourage you. Be praying this week. Pray over it. Make a big change. Say, Lord, even my job, this job's for you now. It's not a job for me. It's a job for you. This business, God, is a change, God. Current CEO has resigned, and there's a new CEO. It's you, Jesus. I give you my business so that I can fulfill your calling and send and go in Jesus' name. Everybody, to give us to go. We're going to be launching more churches, feeding more people. Rwanda right now, we're looking at the water, 50% of the water where our children are in projects. You wouldn't drink it. We want to work with compassion to get the water really, really 
so the kids will flourish, their families will flourish. We've got work to do, but it's going to take us all making an adjustment, making a change. Jesus said, as I was sent, I'm now sending you. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus, both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.